Hey, this is Dirk Reviewer from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ, and this is part three of the Ghost Cult Album of the Year Countdown. This time we have Gary Alcock and Keithy counting down the top 20. What's going to be number one? I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I'm not going to tell you. It is time for the final album of the year podcast for 2022. I'm Keefe, your host as usual from ghostcultmag.com. I am joined, very, very honored to be joined by my friend and writer, Gary Alcock from the UK. How are you doing, Gary? I'm fine, thank you. How it are you? A, I'm, fa- I'm fantastic, man. It's It's been a marathon. It's never a sprint. And, you know, we've reviewed over 500 records this year. This is probably inaccurate, but it feels like you've done a quarter of those. It's not true, but you probably done more than anybody else on the team. The whole team has turned in a tremendous year under Steve's tutelage. We have some new writers. We've got some mainstays like yourself. We've had a tremendous year of just putting out the content. I still think album reviews have a place in the world. We don't do a lot of listicles until the end of the year when we do lists, but other websites are just listicle, listicle, listicle. We don't do that many. So we really care about this list. And I'm very appreciative of Steve for tabulating this list. He has like a spreadsheet and a formula that weights each choice. Uh, I'll have the total number later on when I speak to Steve, how many albums were considered by the whole team, but it's you know more or less 50 plus people voting. And we are here to talk about the albums 20 to one. This is gonna air on you know wherever you listen to podcasts before this goes to youtube but if you want to see a video breakdown of this by myself you can also go over to youtube after this airs and check it out but yeah man what's uh just in general you know what kind of year did you think this was how does this year stack up for you compared to other years a lot of quality a lot of quantity maybe uh less quality less quantity actually more but but um definitely more uh, more quality so it's, uh, it's usually difficult at the end of a year. I try to do a list and usually I have a I struggle, you know, a top 20 and it starts at about 500 and then it comes down. And I finally whittle it down after about three weeks to something like, you know, my top 20 usually consists of 40 by that point. Um, but this year it was, I don't know, it's just easier. Um, there were, there was just as many things coming out, but they, everything just seemed to fall into place, which I thought was the, were the better ones. And everything just seemed to be really high quality. I don't think I've listened to any albums that I at all this year that I went, oh, that really is, that's poor. You know, um, it was generally just maybe I just picked lucky. You know, I just got lucky, but uh, I don't remember listening to an album where I went, that is absolutely appalling. You know, um, everything I listened to was like, yeah, this is good. You know, and uh, obviously some more than others. But yeah, it's been a good year. I'm laughing over here on mute and cackling away about absolutely horrible or poor. But, you know, there are records we come across and, you know, and it's and it's hard because, you know, we we are as impartial as we can be. We let Gary, uh, Steve and I let writers write with a little bit of editing and tweaking, but we don't change the reviews. Basically, we just let them write what they write and score what they score for the most part which is, I think, unusual among my, amongst my brethren and sisters in the editing game. You know, record labels don't want to see a poor review of a good band they put a lot of energy into. They get kind of pissed 
or don't understand, like, did you give it to the correct writer? Can you redo it? No, we don't have the capacity to do a second review. Sorry. And we don't run them by, it's just similar to me with my interviews. I don't run them by anybody. I just, we just run them. So that's, that's kind of where we're at on that. But, you know, I'd say for me personally, just to share as this traffic noise of San Francisco is in the background, I, uh, I usually get like my top five to 10 and I shuttle those around. Like, where do I land on my top 10? And then usually 11 to 20 is no problem. And this year, my top five were like a lot more or less a lock with no moves. And then I couldn't do 15 to 20 because I had like 20 records all graded to me about the same from 15 to, to 35. And I didn't, that last five was brutal for me. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Cause normally, you know, you might like, I'll pick one in and put one out and pick one in and put one out. But this time those last bunch of spots, 20 to 15 or 20 to 16 were really hard for me. Cause it, I think there was a lot of phenomenal releases this year. There was an unusual amount of exceptional releases. And it was really hard for me to, normally I don't have a problem, but this year was hard. I was like, man, there's so many records I could really see putting in this 20. And then again, I don't, I don't look at anybody else's picks on the list. I just make my list and turn it in like everybody else. But I was pleasantly surprised to see this, this 20 uh, list. Um, just in particular, what were your, if you want to rattle off a few of your top albums of the year before we do the list 20 to one, what were some of your top albums this year? Well, I mentioned some of the ones that like, um, that didn't get a, a mention in, my, in this part of the list anyway, but I was impressed by uh, Star One, uh, Supergroup, basically, um, uh, Within Temptation and um, all members of all other bands all get together, all to do sci-fi based um, songs. Uh, this time like, it was a theme of time travel throughout. So it was like films, songs based on films were sure about time travel and they all worked. Every single one was just brilliant. Um, that was excellent. Uh, Imperial Triumphant, I've, I've been rattling on about them for absolutely ages. The, one of the most consistently brilliant bands who hopefully will break through at some point into some form of mainstream, but I don't think they really, really want to. And um, the music they do, don't think really allows that either. <laughs> when you, it's like intense death metal mixed with jazz and just, it's just, you have to hear it. I can't explain it. Um, the new creator was really good, just old thrashers doing what they do best. Really impressed with Oz's new one, uh, Patient Number Nine, so much better than um, the last death that he did. Um, I kind of thought maybe he shot his bolt, that was it for Ozzy, but no, he comes back with a, you know, he's got a fair bit of help. There's a few, um, quite a few guest stars appearing on that one, but it's a really good album. Um, there's even, what's it, Carpenter Brute? I even got in there who aren't even remotely metal, but they are <laughs> in a way. It's all, um, you know, like 80s neon throwback, um, you know, synth pop kind of thing. You know, it's dark wave synth. It's just absolutely incredible. And uh, one that slipped in right at the end, actually, it's not even out yet, but I've heard it. And that's the new one by uh, Spirit World, um, Death Western, which uh, I think comes out in about a couple of weeks. And that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Spirit World is ter terrific. There are quite a few albums still coming out. Uh, I've gotten to hear most of them. Uh, Elder was a one that like I got in, I got early, but it, you know, there was kind of no way to spread it around to the staff. Um, Moss Generator, I haven't heard, but that's coming out. Hammers and Misfortune is a band I have loved for a long time. Their comeback record is coming out soon. 
Again, going to be overlooked in lists, but I love that record a lot. It might have made the overall 75 list because I'm sure I voted for it pretty high. And it's just hard. And we're we're still in the, like sort of everything is pushback festivals, concerts, album tours, albums. We're still dealing with this global kind of ennui, the entire global depression of yeah. us affecting the music industry. Um, you know, I will say um, there were quite a few records and uh, I'll say again, since I have you here, I think it was a phenomenal year for underground metal bands from the UK specifically. There yeah. are, there probably were 10 of those bands and a few of them made our list, but there are probably 10 or 15 releases. I don't know what's in the water over there, or maybe it's the politics, or maybe it's just this time in the world, but there were so many great albums this year from that part of the world. So I don't know if you have any insight as to why, yeah. but... Um... <laughs> there's, a, there's just a lot of bands coming through at the moment. And yeah, I don't know what, it, what there's something is in the water because there's just, there's never ending, it's like never stops. Um, but this year there's just been, you know, there's, there's more amounts. You go to, um, when I went to Bloodstock earlier on in the year, they've got a new blood stage and it's just full of up and coming acts and it never stops. It's just like you go one year and it's like, well, there can't be many for the following year, but they just keep on coming year in, year out. And the quality is it's just unbelievable. Nice. Speaking of uh, Bloodstock, before we move on, uh, shout out to our man, Rich Price who covers Bloodstock with you annually. And he is usually, he co- he's he been covering with increasing frequency, the Metal to the Masses competition. So he's really like actually seeing these bands before they hit. And yeah. he's turned me onto a few bands and he's reviewed a few bands. He put forward a few bands that maybe didn't make our list, but were unlike Gospelime, like uh, probably said that wrong, but like in, in amazing bands doing their debut album that were like, psh- wild so you know that made the mind blown sound there and uh you know as this is a podcast and people can't see us uh yeah it just blew my mind how much talent is coming out of there and even you know i think maybe the only shame of an album of the year list and end of year list is invariably stuff from the beginning of the year gets overlooked i'm sad that uh bands like rollo tomasi and venom prison didn't end up high they're on our list but they're not higher because i just think the or like even tribulation those records get forgotten when they come out right at the beginning of the year or early in the spring yeah there's always our problem every time something comes out beginning of the year you put it down i'll remember that and then a hundred other things come out and then it, it does just get put to the bottom of the list and uh, by that time you not forgotten about it, but you haven't listened to it for quite some time. And so you've got to go back and revisit it. And sometimes you remember, but no, it, there's a lot of the earlier ones get put back to the um, to the bottom of the list. But it shouldn't really be that way, but it's kind of human nature, really. It's just the way things, the way your mind works. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's the same with anybody trying to do an end of year anything. Stuff that's more recent, spring to now, just is top of mind. And it's just hard to maintain a list all year long. So respect to everybody. Again, I'm, I'm so thrilled with the staff and this list and yourself and Steve and everybody. I feel really grateful at this point of the year that we got back here again. And, um, you know, I don't look, we don't look, myself and Steven, we don't look at anybody else's list. So invariably fans, you can make up your own mind if we got it right or wrong and leave us a comment or I don't think there'll be a Twitter anymore by the time this runs on a podcast, but who knows? Drop us a comment somewhere in social media, DM me and let us know if we got it wrong or right. But in the meantime, without further ado, let's run down the list 20 to number one 
for the, as voted on by the staff at Ghost Cult Magazine. And uh, I will rattle off the names and uh, appreciate any feedback from yourself. Okay. All righty. Number 20, Amon Amarth, The Great Heathen Army. Yeah, this is what uh, I wrote about. I think it's really good. It's, it's, it's Amon Amarth. You can't say anything more than that, really. You know what they've been doing for the last, like, however many years. Uh, they haven't really changed. It's just pure, solid, groove-driven death metal hooks and lots of songs about swords and shields. Uh, you, you just can't go wrong, really. If you like that kind of thing, you're not going to dislike this album. If it's not your thing, then don't bother. But for me, it was a really good, solid Amon Amarth album. They're, they're the motorhead of death metal. You know what you're going to get. Well said, well said. And I and I think I appreciate that besides Cannibal Corpse, Amon Amarth is now really like one of the kingpin bands on the label of Metal Blade, which I think is maybe overlooked by people how long they've been there and how consistent, like you said, they've been so consistent year in and year out. Number 19, Meshuggah Immutable on Atomic Fire Records. Yeah, I mean... What a band. <laughs> I mean, you can just listen. This is one of the most, um, for me anyway, it's one of the least complicated albums that they've done. And yet it still messes you with your head. Um, Thomas Harker, it's like listening to him on drums. It's just, no, your brain just checks out. How can someone do that? You've only got four limbs. Are you a spider? You just can't do it. And, you know, Frederick uh, Thorndahl obviously left it, did a few solos on the album. So, his input wasn't quite so much there. Um, so everything you're seeing a little bit more trimmed down, but it's still twice as complicated as half the other bands, you know, that do that kind of thing could even attempt. It's just so confident and it's just confidently complicated. Yeah. Nicely said. I think also from a sugar, I like that they continue, like since Colas, they continue to like express different dynamics because they're just known as a bludgeoning band and i like that they're trying to incorporate more atmospheric sections and things uh it definitely makes for a more interesting live show than just getting pummeled for an hour and uh, i also think since you mentioned tomas he had been ill so he had like a um a hand ailment that he's had for a while so i think he recorded this album potentially while unwell somehow so there's no hope for any of you out there right, that hope so, to yeah. be and hope to be a great drummer and best of wishes to Tomas. I obviously saw him live and he seemed fine, but you know, if he's battling with something, you know, that's now a part of his life, I'm not sure, but he had some, you know, apparently some health issues during this album and he still killed it. So not even operating at full capacity and he still destroys most. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Give up drummers. No chance. Yeah. <clears throat> We're all done. <laughs> that's how end of story. That's how, yeah, that's how, that's how I felt too. Number 18, and really happy to see this band this high up, Ithaca, They Fear Us. Again, one of those UK bands I talked about. Yeah, this is one of those. There's a, there's a few on here I didn't actually grab until, uh, you know, a few, uh, you know, just recently. And this one's really good. Um, loved clean vocals, uh, hardcore, stronky chords. Um, everything I've heard from before, this just seems bigger and, again, more confident. Well said. Terrific band. Terrific band live by all accounts that have yet to really come over here where I've gotten to see them, but I'm hoping to in 2023. A tremendous album. And if you've slept on it, don't get it. Check it out. Number 17. I'm probably going to butcher. I've never said this band's name correctly in my entire life, but I believe it's Weege Dude. <laughs> and uh, there's always blood at the end of the road. Yeah, I've got no idea how to pronounce this one either. I've maybe Vigadud, I don't know. Belgian black metal, what are you going to do? Um, 
it's a good album, very good album. Um, the one thing I will say, it must have the song title of the year with and in old Salamano's room, the dog whimpered softly. What a song title that is. And it's got to be up there with Masters Hammer's classic, that magnificent deer has vanished into the bush. Um, it's fast as hell. But I, you know, I like um, with black metal, I prefer it when bands do the whole kind of atmospheric slowing down stuff and they do that really well. And um, this album's just really good. The fast stuff's insanely fast, but I, I prefer it when they just they just come down and it's more of an atmospheric groove. Right. I think the fast stuff was a bit of a departure for them because their last few records have been just very moody and not as fast. I have had the pleasure of seeing them live in Europe when I uh, covered Roadburn a while back. And they are phenomenal live. And I think for me, this is the first record that really matches the live, the live, I don't want to say atmosphere again, but the live performance is now, they're able to capture it on record and in a way that I don't think they had before. So super stoked on this band and nice to see, we don't have the most black metal writing staff. No, not a lot of hipster staff members here who are into very, you know, bands that maybe you know get a little hype by other places like i said i don't really pay attention but it's nice to see the black metal rising up on our list this year number 16 not a big surprise because this is a record that has been you know hyped and lived up to it conjurer pathos yeah i've been following conjurer for a while obviously i know a british band um i saw them what back in 2015 supporting animal natharak in a tiny little pub in birmingham called the hare and hounds it was just a brilliant night and there was a real buzz about them that night there was many people talking about conjurer as there were on onathrak and uh i hadn't heard of them at that point uh, a couple of people who i didn't know came up to us might have been a little drunk came up to us and just said oh you've got to check the support band out they're really really good and i was like okay and uh just immense i mean there's <laughs> we want in there there's sludge death doom the clean vocals put in there on this new one as well it's just it, everything it just comes together so heavy crushingly heavy yeah it's experimental at the same time and they're just an excellent band they just seem to just get better no notes i agree 100 percent, and uh couldn't happen to nicer people also phenomenally nice people that i have had the fortune of meeting in person and they are lovely Number 15, I don't know how this happened on the list, but we have one Latin album title followed by another. Number 15 is Venom Prison, Erebos. Yeah, um, another one that I say should be high. Really, really good album. Just, the, I mean, Larissa's vocals are absolutely fantastic on this. I mean, obviously everyone knows about the screaming and like the, the, the roaring she does and everything, but the uh, clean vocals on this are stunning. Really good. I mean, they put so much... Um, into this as well. I mean, everyone expects them to just come out of the blocks and just go raging for like 40 minutes. But there's, oh God, there's, as well as all the, the thrash riffs and the bits of this, there's, there's blue solos. There's a, there's an atmospheric bit slowing down, all kinds of different stuff going on this one. And it just, I mean, I love their earlier stuff, everything before that's been great, but it's like this one, they've just gone another step forward and, uh, I'm happy with the direction they're going now. Absolutely. What a killer band. I also would have had them higher on my list. I think initially a phenomenal band. I think the only thing that, you know, they, uh, Larissa started a family and obviously the band has been off the road a little bit. And I think the expectation was this album was going to come out and they were going to hit all the festivals and headline tours. Eventually that will happen. 
uh, it should not correlate to how big this band gets, but just clearly being able to play live and get that those accolades by by live performance does help your reputation and does help people become aware of you and sell merch and things. But I, I'm rooting for them hard. They've been so good for so long. Larissa's a genius. Uh, you know, I've interviewed her and she's a brilliant person. So uh, I couldn't couldn't ha- again, couldn't happen to more, you know, more worthy people you want to root for. Number 14, not a total surprise by the band or the album, but just surprised that our staff voted for this this high, in my personal opinion. Immolation, Acts of God, you know, again, a very consistent, historical, great death metal band. Yeah. Um, Another one for me that's just solid output constantly. First album, um, you know, one of the the great great death metal album. Everything they've done since has just been solid. And this is another one. It's just really good. I just, it did surprise me as well, but it was a, it was uh, this high. But at the same time, it's it's just very good stuff. Um, just riffs coming out of it. I mean, there's you know songs. What is it? Um, Want to grab me at the time? Incineration procession. There was um, when halos burn. That was another one. That was just. I guess really good. You know, good death metal songs. Yeah, absolutely. And you know probably the highest ranking traditional death metal band on our list this year. If you want to say that other bands are still death metal, but have moved to other things or, you know, cross other subgenres. Again, tremendous to see a band that's around for 30 plus years, still killing it. Number 13. I don't know if this is a surprise or not, but number 13 is Megadeth's new album, the sick, the dying and the dead. Yeah. Another really good entry by Megadeth. Um, for me, maybe maybe not as good as the previous album, but it's still very good. There's some hot polish riffs on there, but yeah, Megadeth, isn't it? That's, that's what they do. Um, if it's got a weak point, lyrically, it's not one of um, one of their finer um, efforts, but musically, it's excellent. There's just riffs coming out of everywhere. Solos uh, are top-notch. I'd say everything you expect from Megadeth is there. Um, it's, you know, it's just another really good thrash album from a band that just they haven't, they haven't got a clue out to quit. So um, the stain's just going to keep going on and uh, until he drops. And, you know, this is just another another top you know, Megadeth album. Right on. And considering all the things they had to go through on the way to making this album, first album with both Dirk and Kiko, uh, we have an interview on YouTube with Dirk that people can listen to. It's rather lengthy, hosted by Omar Cordy, our producer of our videos and this podcast. But... A tremendous record. I do think the album slightly comes undone a little bit at the end, but it's still a tremendous album and it's tremendous, you know, just to see Dave, have Dave back doing his thing, surviving cancer, drama with the band and put out such a strong album. The only album from the big four this year or lately, uh, seeing as how Slayer's retired and Anthrax is get to it when they get to it. Good to, good to still have Megadeth doing their thing. Uh, number 12, and a mild surprise to me that this wasn't higher, Behemoth. Opus Noctrum Contra. Opus Contra Noctrum? I probably said that wrong. Yeah, Opus Contra Noctrum. Yeah, this one for me should have been higher. It's really good. Um, the Satanist was like an amazing album. They followed that one up. And I don't know, maybe people didn't quite react to it the same way. But it's been a lot of years now since The Satanist. And this one is just, I think a lot of people are just now ready for a new, uh, a brand new Behemoth album. This absolutely delivers everything. I mean, the songs are absolutely top quality. You, it's just one after another. And the videos, well, yeah, I'm not going to mention what happens on some of the videos, but um, 
sometimes it's just best to watch the video without the, <laughs> without the um the, the, just watch the censored version if you're of, of nervous disposition of a religiously nervous disposition because they're, they're pretty blasphemous stuff they're not giving up on that <laughs> right firmly on the left-hand path i know that nergal has a bad reputation with people i don't i think it's all an act i, I think i've met him and talked to him in person and he seems like very down to earth and he just likes trolling anybody he can so i just think that's part of his d deal as a entertainer is he's a troll and you can't argue with the album and the music and the, the just everything about it. Interestingly enough, sidebar, I feel like there's a very reasonable comparison between Behemoth and At The Gates, like the last bunch of years where they both put out these like stellar, untouchable albums, then did like a weird EP of covers and strange versions. And then like another, you know, another banger album. So interesting. I, that kind of came to me while I was re-listening to the Behemoth yesterday. Uh, number 11 and another record I personally had much higher on the list, but whatever. Rammstein, Zeit, perhaps their last album, not sure. Yeah, this one was way higher on my personal list. This was uh, amongst my top three of the year. Um, I absolutely love it. And I was lucky enough to see them um, in Coventry uh, early on in this year. And they played a handful of tracks from it. And well, like all Ramstein tricks, they all come across really, really well. But this album is just absolutely fantastic. Um, can't rave about it enough. There's not a bad song on it. And uh, seeing them at Coventry a few months ago, uh, one thing I've got to say is that it even made the newspapers um, because there were people phoning in to Coventry Police, uh, to the Coventry Fire Brigade. Um, thinking that the football stadium that it was being held in was on fire. Because all you could see from outside, if you look at the photographs, it's just smoke pouring out the top. And they had phone call after phone call, apparently, of people just going, the, the, the stadium's on fire. And uh, after a while, they got wise, no, there's just a show on there. But if you see the photographs on the outside, that is so impressive. And apparently it could be heard something like 11 miles away. There's a small small village, small town, about 11 miles away, they were saying, yeah, when it got quiet, we could hear that show. <laughs> so, yeah, Ramstein, a band so, uh, you know, so fiery that they get the fire brigade called out and so noisy you can hear them over 11 miles away. Right on. Not a lot to add to that. Brilliant, as usual, Gary. Uh, I'm just, it's a sad album to me. I hope it's not the end of the band or the end, the final album from them, or, you know, they keep hearing that they don't want to keep, Till doesn't want to keep touring. And, you know, I've seen him when he's not been with Ramstein. He seems to get himself into a lot of trouble. So I think he should stay busy with Ramstein, but he might need a break after, you know, 25 plus 27 years. There's always the thing with Ramstein. At the end of every touring cycle, at the end of every album, they, they do the same thing. We've had enough of each other. We, 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 we're burnt out. We're, we're done. And what was it? There was 10 years almost between the, 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 the um, two of the albums. Um, so yeah, it's not a surprise, but, um, it wouldn't, I, I hope it isn't, I really hope it isn't their last, but it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Was that a pun burnt out? <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Gary has them. Number 10 and a, a relatively new entry, the halo effect days of the lost. Yeah. That was absolutely. Knew what to expect. All members of X, uh, X in flames members knew what to hope to expect. And it delivered. Um, in Flames have been great, but patchy over the last few years. Um, 
but having the four member members, it's like they were at a prove a point. It's like we were really in flames. You know, remember when we were chucking out albums that were really quality all the way through, one after another? It's back there. You know, it's a real Melodeth album, right? That sounds like, you know, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, right when Melodeth was absolutely, I mean, some people hate Melodeth's kind of like name, but it's what it is. And that melodic death metal sound that we just came out of Sweden and Scandinavia around that time, this absolutely goes straight back to that. And I'm, I was so impressed by it. Could not agree more. Phenomenal album. I know a lot of people had this ranked very high, which is how it got to be in the top 10. And, you know, just thrilled for them and looking forward to more. Hope, apparently, they, you know, hopefully they will do more of this as their main, you know, other, some of them have pretty main major bands that have other stuff in the works, but hopefully their schedules align and they can do more of this. Yeah. Number nine, you know, I don't know if this is either controversial one way or another, but number nine, Lorna Shore, probably the most talked about band this year of any pain remains on century media records. Yeah. Another really good up and coming band who seem to be on the fast track. Obviously a lot of people of a, let's just call I'm, I'm myself part of it of a certain age feel like you know no they're too they're they're young they don't deserve all this uh, but they do, they are really good they again they were at Bloodstock earlier this year another band I caught and was they were just excellent they got such a huge crowd and everyone was just into them and this album uh, is just heavy as all hell. Um, not too sure how he gets the vocals. You know, it's like deathcore. A lot of bands have got the pig squealing and the, and the really deep go. But I don't know how microphones could pick up how somehow his vocals are so deep and sludgy. It's abs- it's just, um, it's incredibly heavy. And um, something that someone of my age shouldn't be listening to, but I kind of do. Nice. I don't know. I hear you. I do feel like there were bands doing this style a while back, but just not as extra extra as Lorna Shore has discovered how to do I'll put it that way that's the best I can say a great band for sure band I'm very interested to see what they do next but uh, clearly they're going to tour this album for quite a while before they do something else I think number eight great to see it goat whore angels hung from the arches of heaven also a metal blade at number eight yeah I was glad to see this one this high up I love goat whore absolutely fantastic I mean I was a fan of uh, of Sammy when he was with acid bath and uh, so followed him um, from Acid Bath to Goat Hall. He had obviously the timing, Crowbar as well. Basically, when Acid Bath split up, you know, one of my go-to bands all, all time, you know, um, Dax Riggs went and did his thing all nice and kind of like chilled out. But Sammy was just like, no, no, I'm doing the heavy stuff. And Goat Hall just appealed to me. And American black metal, it was, <sighs> it's weird. It's kind of thrash black metal and... Uh, it, they just carry on doing, every, you know, again, they're another band that just don't know how to do a bad album. Um, they've slowed down a little bit, maybe a little less aggressive than they were, but then there's songs on the new album that absolutely rip things that they've done in the past apart. So, yeah, I'm just really glad that this, um, that, that Goat Horror are really up there on this list. Indeed. Also, no notes. Number seven, Cult of Luna. Not a surprise to people who follow Ghost Cult. We have usually had their releases high in our lists, and this is the Long Road North on their own imprint Red Creek Records, pretty impressive. Yeah, um, must admit, this is one of my embarrassing ones. This is one I missed over the course of the year and didn't catch up with it until recently and listened to it once and just smashed my head against the wall and went, you idiot, what have you been doing? It's absolutely magnificent. 
Um, I've never been the band's biggest fan. I've never disliked them, uh, but they've always been one of those bands for me who I'll catch certain songs of an album here, an album there, and go, yeah, that's really good. This one, maybe it was because I was in a different frame of mind or just concentrating more, but wow, it's absolutely fantastic, this album. Right, spot on. I I, n- I don't think of you quite as a uh, post-metal person. That's no. the genre I consider Cult of Luna, Luna to belong to, but, you know, yeah. um, my mental Rolodex of all the things you've ever <laughs> reviewed, no, probably a- post-metal is small on that uh, pie chart. But, you know, Cult of Luna, very consistent, great band, always pushing boundaries, trying to, you know, expand and grow. Never the same album twice, even though they have the same sound so, yeah. and they're the same people, which is, you know, pretty impressive. Post-metal, not really my thing, but I've always yeah. said that even with, uh, with, with everything, with every genre of music, there's always a band or two that you like. You can hate post-metal but there'll be a band there that you go actually they're really good hate new metal but there'll be a band there that you like there's always a band in every genre no matter how much you say you hate that genre that you will go actually you know what they're really good and cult of luna are that for me there you go number six the self-titled album from zeal and ardor yeah this um again this is what i didn't come into too late because i i didn't really get zeal and ardor uh, I've got to admit, a lot of people just voice screaming into the into the computers at the moment or shouting at their phones, but I'd never really got them. But this album, if I'm going to get them, this is the one I'm going to get them on. Um, the blues stuff seems to just hang better with the, you know, the aggressive side of their music. And some of the, the singles they released helped. There were some absolutely fantastic singles. And they've gone from a band that I went, yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll leave them rather than take them to, well... They're playing Bloodstock next year. I'll be watching them. Right on. I think, yeah, this is a great album. Uh, They've been growing and rising for over a decade. I got to see them live early in the year with Opeth and Mastodon, which is an insane bill. One, two, three. Back in February, I saw that tour. And yeah, you know, just a fantastic artist and, you know, always very interested to see what what comes next for for Manuel and his group. Into the top five we go. Here we go. A bit of a surprise, but not that much of a surprise. Gaera, the Portuguese black metal band with their album Mirage on Season of Mist at number five. Yeah, got to be honest, wasn't too familiar with the band, but it's a it's a good album. Um, oppressive, claustrophobic, but it's got some great hooks on there as well. Like, just a very good album that I'll be listening to more. Right on. And I probably said their name completely. It's either Gaera or Guerrera or I don't know. I'm Guerrero from wrestling. I'm sorry, everybody. I haven't got a clue. (laughs) No clue, but I know the record kills. So listen to it. Again, a lot of black metal representing and and death metal representing on the list this year. Probably a reaction to last year when we didn't have as much. Number four, Ghost Impera. Yeah, this is where I get angry because this is my album, my personal album of the year. It should be number one, but it isn't here. So I'll have to get on with it. It's just, I love it. I can't, I'm not going to go on about how much I've been on about it. Anyone with ears has heard me going about this album all year and they're sick to death of it. It's just, I saw them on, uh, I saw them playing uh, on the tour. It was fantastic. Uh, the album didn't come off the stereo for absolutely ages. I was meant to be reviewing other stuff, and it was like, yeah, I could wait a little bit because I need to listen to this for four hundred thousandth time. I love it. End of. <laughs> nice. I always say this: it's it's probably unfair to them, but you know, if you want to say like the Black Album is my least favorite of the first five Metallica albums, 
Impair is my least favorite ghost album, but that's, you know, in in comparison to two genre classics and a couple of other great albums. So, you know, it's hard for me. I did feel like the record tailed off a little bit at the end for me enough to have this lower down on my personal list, but really can't argue with, you know, the strength of the band and the strength of the album and the, and the singles are huge. And I'm even baffled as to how like Mary on a cross has like a hundred million streams because of TikTok. I don't understand that's, how all that works. That's but, so weird. Like, good for them, you know, all, all due respect and good for them that that's a weird snippet of a song could suddenly catapult them into a bigger public consciousness is just only a good thing for all of metal. Yeah. The strange thing about that one as well is that when they released Hunter's Moon um, a few months before, because it was on the Halloween Kills soundtrack, mm. and this is the first time I heard the song. It wasn't, it was the first time I'd listened to a ghost song. I'm like, actually, I don't really, I don't dislike it, but it didn't really grab me. And I listened to it a few times and it still didn't hit them when I listened to the album. It was just like, ow, right, now I get it. Um, I don't know what it was. It just seemed, listening to the album and it's full, in the context of the album, it didn't seem like it. It still doesn't seem like a song that should have been removed from that and put into um, a song to a soundtrack. But in the album, it just works so much better. Mm, big prediction for 2023. I think we're getting a new Papa very soon. Perhaps a Papa 5, perhaps a throwback to Papa 3. Not sure. But we're getting a new Papa, I think. Number three, with a bullet, Devin Townsend, the just-released light work on Inside Out Music. Yeah, I mean, that's only been out for a, well, a couple of three weeks. And I'm really, really pleased that it's this high because it's, it's one of my favourites of the year as well. And... It's just so good. Uh, a really kind of happy, bouncy pop metal album, but it's still Devin inherently. Everything he does um, is in there. It's like, you know, still references to cats as well as really more serious stuff. Um, the second disc on the album, if you've got that, is a lot heavier and just the opposite. This is typical Devin. You know, it's, uh, you know, an album of opposites. And that second disc works in opposition to the first one, but could not stop listening to this one. Everything from Moon People to Children of God, everything in between. It's just an absolutely brilliant album. It's so much more accessible than um, the last one, which was completely bonkers. Um, it's like that through everything uh, in, in the kitchen sink at that. And some bits stuck, some bits didn't. But this one, it's like, we did that the last, I did that the last time. I'm doing this and it's more stripped down, but it's still Devin and it's just fantastic. I could go on about him forever, so I'll shut up now. If people want a very interesting track by track breakdown, they can check out the interview I did with Devin. I'll link it in the description. I will say I can't think of another artist who could put out literally two completely different records of the same quality at the same time. Uh, if everybody had gotten to hear that second record, I'm sure that record would have also ended up in our top whatever, 20, you know, top 100, top 75, dark work. And he said that basically light work was a reaction to everything else that had come before. And the next thing is already underway being created. And that's going to be a departure from this. So, I mean, what an interesting guy We we live in the time of Devin Townsend. What an amazing thing. <laughs> no matter, no matter what the world throws at us, we live, we lived in the time of Debbie. That's just yeah. insane. Number two, in a little bit of a surprise, but not that much cave in heavy pendulum. 
Yeah, another one I didn't come into till late. I've been listening to it um, the last couple of days now, actually. It's really good, very heavy. There's kind of a throwback to 90s grunge on it. I can I can hear a bit of like Nirvana in there, but same time there's almost like a garage um band feel from the 70s as well when the when the uh the, i said the lighter songs but the more melodic songs are on there uh it's yeah a really good album right on obviously they're separate they're completely different bands but the side band of steven brodsky from Caven is mutoid man and i felt like the mutoid man stuff was leaking into Caven a little bit but obviously there were different writers and different you know different members but what a phenomenal record. Certainly one of my favorite records of this year. Definitely was in my top 10 as well. And, you know, surely happy to see them this high up on our list. And drum roll or whatever, the number one album of the year, sure to be interesting uh, based on fan reaction, Machine Head of Kingdom and Crown. Yeah. Um, must admit, I was surprised. Happy. It's a really good album. They're a top band. And uh, yeah, it's a very, very good album. Um, again, there were another band who uh, I caught at Bloodstock who uh, no one was meant to know they were there. They were, they were the surprise act, and uh, but kind of everyone knew about an hour and a half before they were on stage because the place was absolutely heaving. And uh, they played tracks off the new album and uh, they all went down absolutely brilliantly straight from the off. Um, they're on to winners. I mean, Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate, just a fantastic song. Um, but there were just some really good, uh, you know, the melodic part of their um, music's coming on. It's a, just a very heavy, very good, powerful Machine Head album that, for me anyway, gets rid of the ghost of Catharsis, which I'll be nice and just say I don't listen to it very often. <laughs> I would say this. I think it's really interesting that it took them this long to make a concept record. Every single element of the record is some of the best stuff they've ever done. Whether it's their best record is up for debate. There was a lot of talk. I think Metal Hammer got an early review out that kind of spread on social media that said it was the next Blackening or comparable to the Blackening. There are points on the album that sound like the Blackening to, to me, but also some stuff you have never heard Machine Head do. I like that the band is also like they spent the down, you know, there was no downtime. They've been doing a live stream every week on there until they went back on tour just recently. They've done a live stream every week for two years, every Friday the electric yeah. happy hour and now they're back on the road and obviously you know the, i just think it lent something to the the closeness of jared and rob yeah uh, and their ability to sing together is i never thought they would top the blackening or some of the other stuff like uh through the ashes of empires vocally but this does and then the lyrical concepts are incredible the guitar playing is incredible the shredding the riffs it's it's heavy. It's light. It's weird. It's like a Led Zeppelin heavy metal album. It's crazy <laughs> to me. I, and I know that's a weird comparison, but it's just like I I can't think of any Machine Head record that this sounds exactly like. And there I like that this late in their career, they're still trying to improve. Yeah, there are elements on this one. You can, there are songs on this one that sound like they could have been quite at home on uh, Through the Ashes Vampires and um, on The Blackening is another one. There's there's bits of the locust on there as well there's riffs that could have been on the first album for me that's always gonna for me that's their their best ever their, their, their debut for me won't ever be beaten but this is another one that runs it close it's uh yeah it's uh quite phenomenal even my daughter likes it my daughter's recently got into listening to like heavier stuff 
and uh, you know she started off with Ghost and things like that. And now she, you know, I was listening to this album um, a few weeks ago, and she just coming in. Oh, you're listening to the new Machine album, and I'm like, okay. So you're into this now. That's good, and she loves it herself. So. I'm, let's just say, as I said before, of a certain age. She is of a younger, much younger age, and we're both loving it. So Rob's doing something right. He's getting generationally together here. You are also doing something right, Dad. Good job. The next generation <laughs> is secure. I will just add one last point to Machine Head, which is this is a record that was made over the course of years with different personnel from the main band in different places, and uh, Matt Alston, who's from the UK, is their drummer, and he did not get to perform on the record. Obviously, he's got to go out and play this stuff live. Good luck, bro. And I think it doesn't even sound remotely disjointed. The production on this between Rob, I think it was co-produced by Rob and their main house producer, Zach Oren from Shark Bite Studios here in the Bay Area near me. There's there's you couldn't tell. If I, it, you, it sounds like a traditional record with everybody in the studio together. It does not sound at all. None of the tracks sound off and the fact that it was a concept record and you know maybe a third of the record was out before they just slotted right into the album and you didn't notice like anything off or like oh that doesn't make sense no everything made sense i don't know if this was always the plan but it sure feels like rob is playing chess while we all play checkers good job all around machine head any final thoughts about the year in music gary or what you're looking forward to for next year um next year um who knows i mean i've got download celebrating their like 20th anniversary doing four days and metallica are playing um over two nights and there's Slipknot as well. And by the way, it's a Slipknot. Then, well, I thought it was really great. They've been like saying bad things about it themselves, but I'm just like, no, shut up. It's actually really good. Um, but no, for next year, there's there's just always something. There's always some new music that I've forgotten that I don't haven't discovered yet. Some that I've just forgotten about. I just I try not to look ahead too much. When a band goes, oh, by the way, we're releasing something. I'm like, that's a nice surprise. Um, but I know there's always something just around the corner. Right on lurking like the shape or a horror movie killer. Nice <laughs> around the corner lurking. Uh, very much looking forward to the new year. Gary, thank you so much for all your hard work this year. And just in general, your delight. And I really appreciate you. And as we all do. So thanks for joining me on this countdown of the top 20 albums as voted on by the staff of Ghost Cult for 2022. We'll do it all over again next year, but hopefully I'll, I'll chat with you before then. And again, anybody listening, there'll be a video version of this on YouTube. I'm sure this will be on our site at ghostcultmag.com. Definitely let us know what you liked or did not like about this list, for sure. With Slipknot not being on this list, we're going to hear it. I had Slipknot in my 20. Not everybody did. Clearly, my vote didn't matter enough to get them higher on the list. They are on the list. They're just not in this top 20. A uh, very divisive album. Even their fans uh, were, you know, in different camps about how they felt about it. I think it's a great record, but, yep. you know, it is what it is. They can do whatever they want. They're Slipknot. And on that note, we're going to go. Thanks so much for joining us at the Ghost Cold Magazine podcast. I'm Keefe. This has been Gary. And we are out. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.